This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Emma Stark. She's a prophetess from Glasgow, Scotland, and you will hear some of her accent from that part of the world here in a moment. But she's wrote a brand new book called The Prophetic Warrior. This whole episode is all about hearing God's voice. Whether you're two years old or 200 years old, you can hear the voice of God. And uh, she really is passionate about you being released into the spiritual gifts that God has for you. In fact, Emma, you say that we've moved into a time when miracles, signs, and wonders are marrying the prophetic and a new breed of revelatory people are emerging. What does that mean? Well, warm greetings from Glasgow in Scotland. And yes, you can hear that this is a, a Celtic accent. <laughs> I'm, actually, I, I'm actually Irish by birth, but married a Scottish man. Uh, so we have the, the warrior Celtic fire over here. <laughs> there you go. And uh, so we love to fight to set people free. Uh, and I do believe that the prophetic is coming into this second wave, this second move. And I feel like for years it was like, <gasps> panic, panic, can I get a word? Can I hear God's voice? Uh, that sense of uh, a softness perhaps to the prophetic where we only felt comfortable in saying, you know, God really loves you, and uh, aren't you looking nice today? But actually, there is a weaponization with the power of God that he is doing to the prophetic community. And actually, rather than just um, uh, massaging people's egos or giving them a a nice little um, encouragement, there's actually going to be a force of power for the transforming of lives and for setting them free from every grasping demon of hell, and that signs and wonders are going to come and be part of the prophetic. Can I give you a story? Yes, please do. I was standing teaching in Glasgow, and this uh, gentleman in the balcony, in the spirit realm, he started to glow. So he was distracting me a little bit, and I'm thinking, oh, the Holy Spirit is all over you. And so I stopped preaching to prophesy over him. And as I started to prophesy, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this, Son, you are going to start to grow physically taller as a sign of this word. And God says, measure your height, because by the end of three months, you will have grown and your foot size will have increased. And I have to say, I did think, that's a little bit crazy, God, because this man is in his 50s. Oh, wow. He's not a child or a teenager that you would expect to be in a growth um, phase uh, of life. And so he went home and he measured himself. Do you know that man grew three inches in three months and went up a shoe size? And I think it's just that the demonstration of the power of God 
through the prophetic word that we have to come to a new place of expectation that lives will change, cities will change, regions will change as you bring the word of the Lord. And my phrase for that is God is weaponizing your prophetic gift. Emma, that is wonderful, and you you are a real proponent for teaching people, listen, everybody should be operating the gifts of the Spirit, and they are to enforce the kingdom of Jesus. And I, I love this line that you say, as we partner with the Holy Spirit and use these gifts, we become directors of heaven on earth. I love that. What what? Tell the people what you mean by that. Yeah, I think the, the church, in the wider sense, has battled for a long time spirits of fear and intimidation. And we really are coming to the time where we're going to understand just how trusted we are by God. And that we are moving from a time, I believe, where God was doing things sovereignly, to God saying, actually, I want to move the church into a time of co-laboring, where I want you to be part of this wild adventure. And that God is saying, actually, I trust you with so much power. I know I say that with an Irish accent. That's P-O-W-E-R. I think in America, you have two syllables. But in the Irish, we just say par. <laughs> God is trusting you with power and authority, and so therefore um, you have this ability to direct the well-being of the earth realm because of the amount of power and authority you have, because you have all power and all authority, and if you have it all, that means somebody else has got no. Has got none. And just for the record, here in the U.S., in the South, they call it par as well, but uh, not not where we are currently. But okay, so Emma, uh, you were literally seeing the spirit as a child. Talk about that. What, what was going on? Yeah, it, I grew up actually very conservative, conservative evangelical. I grew up Irish Baptist, and we really just had the Father, Son, and the Holy Scriptures. I mean, we didn't know what the Spirit of God was at all. Um, so we were cessationalists, didn't believe in, this, in spiritual gifts at all. I have to say what that gave me was a real passion for the Word of God as our foundation. And it gave me a love for the church. So I started to see, but we had no language for that at all. And I grew up during the Troubles in Northern Ireland, the IRA would have been, um, you know, making bombs and blowing people up. And it was a very challenging time uh, of violence. And I would have uh, seen and heard bombs and watched people be shot as just part of our day-to-day -day life there. But my father, as a minister, was burying the dead, uh, as was his job. And I would say to him, Dad, Dad, I just feel like there's a bomb going to go off here or somebody's going to be shot or there's going to be this issue. And I would tell him, and uh, I thought that was normal. I thought everybody could navigate the spirit realm like that. Um, but we didn't know what to call it. I was seeing faces in the spirit realm, which I later learned were angels and demons. But it wasn't until I was 18 years old that we started to, to get any language on what might be happening. I have to say, it was quite frightening. And for many of the people listening to this, um, who the spirit realm has been open to them, uh, uh, at, at a young age, they will have those issues. And I just bless you right now to 
to only see what God wants you to see. And I bless you with the courage to not shut down your spiritual sight, but to follow the leading of the Spirit and to know that if you're one who is seeing, that that is actually biblically normal. Amen. I like that, biblically normal. Sid loves to say uh, that we need to be normal, normal as described by the Bible. And so that's that's Sid lingo right there. And so, Emma, you went from that to, you know, becoming on fire for God and working with your prophetic gift. And you got to a point where you and your husband uh, are leading ministry teams into new age and psychic fairs, yeah, setting up stalls that offered people prophetic words and right alongside the witches and the warlocks and the psychics. So talk about some things that, that would happen uh, with you guys at these New Age fairs. Oh, I have to say they're the best fun you can possibly have. And, you know, we were very blatant. Uh, we did not play the enemy at their game with kind of covert language. We never said oh, we're doing spiritual readings. We were very clear. We are prophets of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We believe in the Bible, and uh, we want to give you a word from Jesus. Now, eventually, the leaders of the psychic fairs said to us, oh, you're really interfering with our aura and uh, our energy. Uh, We need you to go out into the hallway and we were delighted, which meant that we could stop everybody before they got into the tarot cards or the Reiki practitioners. The warlocks were very aggressive. You know, they would come and throw curses or cut tarot cards and try to intimidate us with the death tarot cards. But the power of God was so present. And people would just run to the stall, lie on the floor, curled in positions going, watch your energy, watch your energy. And we would say, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the energy you're feeling. Oh, it just feels so clean. It feels so pure. And uh, we would have people, I remember the head of the Psychic Healers Association of Scotland came and he said, I'm reluctant to come to you, but I'm in so much pain. And every grand master Reiki practitioner and warlock has tried to heal my ankle I can hardly walk, and um, in desperation, I'm sitting with you. Well, the guy sat down. We had hardly even prayed a word before he is shouting, what are you doing to me? As the power of God surged through his being, and Jesus healed him on the spot with barely a prayer. And he said, can you come and tell the Psychic Healers Association in Scotland about your God? He has healed me. And I was, well, of course. Um, But my favorite all-time story was of a witch um, who was in a coven, um, really in league with the powers of darkness in a serious way. And she sat down and she said this, my coven have all fallen out with each other, but we like your energy. And I would say, yes, that energy is the Spirit of God. That's Jesus, the Holy Spirit. She said, could you bless my coven to like each other again? Because they all hate each other. And I thought, what are we going to say to this lady? Because, of course, nobody wants to bless a satanic group. Right. And, you know, and the Lord just started to talk, and he said this. Tell her that I love her and that 
I am concerned that her central heating system is broken in her house, that she's cold, and that there is damp issues in her home. And as soon as that was spoken over her, she starts to sob. I never knew that God could know me like that. I never knew there was a God who was interested like that. And all of the satanic and demonic stuff had been demanding her energy and her time. And suddenly here God was saying, you matter. And the little things of being cold in your home matter to God. She ran right into the arms of Jesus that day. We didn't even need to worry about a prayer for or against her coven as God just miraculously put words in our mouth. Mm, that that really touches my heart, that story. And Emma, I have to tell you, as a producer here, you hear a lot of wonderful stories about people that are ministering uh, all over the world. And I want to just uh, give you a high five all the way here across the ocean and say thank you for uh, mentioning the name Jesus. A lot of people use God, 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 and God this and God that. But I appreciate that you bring Jesus into it, the name above all names. And thank you for doing that. So let me ask you a question. There's people listening that say, you know, I, I really love the Lord like Emma does, but there's no way I could talk to a witch or a warlock or a psychic or anything like that. I, 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 that just is outside of my wheelhouse. What would you say to that person? Oh, that is, that is a lovely question to answer. Um, I think that we can do lots of different training around the gift of prophecy, the office of prophet, and actually we can very quickly become fat in information overload or training overload. I have to tell you the secret of prophecy is this. It is practice. Exactly. If you do not practice, you will always have a glass ceiling over your head. And it is in the bravery of practice. Now, what I tell my staff here is you need to practice in the shops. You need to practice over the checkout operators. You need to practice over your dentist, your hairdresser. Everybody is fair game for practice. And you can tell them, look, I'm just practicing hearing if God speaks. Um, God speaking, does this make sense to you? And you just have a little shot and you just try it. You keep it um, light. You know, so, for example, I've walked up to um, women in Ikea, the furniture shop, and I said to them, you know, I really feel like God has just said to me that you have a sore head. Does that make sense to you? I'm just learning to hear the voice of God. That would have been in my early years. Little straightforward words. And they would go, oh, yes, I do have a sore head. Well, do you want healed? And Jesus would just turn up and heal them. Now, once you've practiced, then, of course, they're easy to get saved and into the kingdom. Now, we actually have stories here, many stories of my staff going out, practicing and getting it wrong. And the person saying, oh, I'm so impressed that you cared enough. I'm so impressed that even though you kind of fumbled your lines, that you actually wanted to reach out to me, that we've actually had people saved and come to Jesus from team members who were really junior and not highly skilled at all. So my top tip is practice. So since we're going down this trail, Emma, what do you say to people who are afraid? They feel like they have that word. They feel like they have that unction of the Holy Spirit. But just opening my mouth, I can't seem to get past that. Uh, what would you say to those people? 
I think you need to get around people who help you build confidence. I do think it's it's difficult to do this by yourself. You need to find some other people. Pull some friends along round about you. I'll tell you a couple of stories of, of, of how this looks in our life. First of all, before I came into full-time ministry, I worked in pharmaceuticals. And I would spend hours in the car driving uh, in between hospitals uh, where I was working with different medics. And I would drive past people on the street and I was never going to see them and I was never going to talk to them. It was literally God just highlighted to, to me in a drive past. And I would practice in the car putting words on the Spirit of God. And out loud, I would say, well, God, I think you might be saying this, this and this. And of course, I was so practiced in private in the car that by the time it came to somebody with skin on and it was live interaction, I had already found an ability to put words on the Spirit of God. And so I think it is okay to practice like that. So I still practice, even though I am very skilled now, but I practice when I'm walking our pet dog in the park. I practice um, prophesying into the land what God is going to do in this region. Nobody's there to hear me. I still practice when I'm flying on airplanes. God, what are you saying over this nation? That my whole life is geared around practicing the voice of God so that when it really counts, I'm not going, oh, no, I've got no idea how to put language on this. That is so good and so practical. The, the way you bring that out, uh, practice is, is you can't get around that. And you teach how you got to prophesy according to your faith and just step out. And Emma, you also talk, I love this. You talk about, listen, your words are fire and your words are like a hammer. Yes, I think, oh, I mean, we're in deep territory with the prophetic here. But I think it's really important. We have lived for years in a shepherding paradigm where shepherds led the church. And that's grand. You know, I was raised by a shepherd teacher. We love that. But what I would say is when you prophesy through the shepherding lens, you tend to prophesy low risk. You tend to prophesy with the thought of how much can I love you? But actually we need as prophets and prophetic people to rip the shepherding lens off and put on the the eyesight of the prophet and say, well, how does a prophet sound? Not how does a shepherd sound trying to prophesy, but how does a prophet sound in that grace alone? And of course, prophets don't think, how much can I love you? How safe can I be with you? Prophets think this, how free can I get you? How much can I use the love of God and weaponize it for your liberation? And so that is risky, and that is fire, and that is hammer, and that's being very loving, but it's being strong enough to break people free. Let me give you an example. My daughter, she's, um, when she was 16 years old, she said to me, Mommy, Mommy, I want to travel the world with you and prophesy. And I said to her, Jessica, that's lovely. But actually, you need to be skilled and practiced enough that if you travel with me in ministry, you can take a microphone and prophesy at the other end. 
that seems very strong to tell a 16-year-old. <laughs> so she said, Mommy, I'm going to prove to you that I can prophesy. I said, on you go. So she and her little friend went onto the streets of Glasgow. said this, Mommy, I went to find the most demonized person I could find. She said they had demonic jewelry. They had demonic nail polish. She said, I walked right up to them, and I said to them, that I heard from God and that I wanted to bring a, a word from Jesus into their life. She said, Mommy, the woman said to me, I hate Jesus. I am a witch and I'm in a coven. There is nothing you could say to me that would change my mind because I'm in love with Satan. And Jessica, age 16 years old, said this, I'd like to try. And with this sense of the boldness of God in her little sixth being, she said to the woman, you have just had a breast cancer diagnosis, haven't you? And the witch started to cry. How did you know? How did you know? Jessica said to her, you put your hand on that breast lump right now, and God is going to prove his love for you by making it dissolve, and you're going to get healed on the spot. And that witch came to know Jesus by miraculous miracle where her breast lump did completely spontaneously. She felt it go, and she had no option but to come to Jesus from a 16-year-old who was practicing the art of prophecy. And I think we've got to know that our words are absolute hammer and fire. That is a tremendous story. And I feel, Emma, that that's going to be happening with our young people more and more. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I think that when we raise our children um, uh, to expect to see in the spirit realm, um, they don't have the hang-ups that perhaps those of us, I'm in my mid-40s, they don't have our hang-ups. And so what I particularly love watching our children do is mass deliverance. Um, and, of course, you don't need a skill with language to do deliverance. You know, all you need to do is believe in the name of Jesus, that he's powerful. And so on our mass deliverance days, we, we take a few hundred people at a time and we get them cleaned of all their demons. It is our teenagers who I think perform better than our adults because they just walk up and say, get out in the name of Jesus. And they have a complete expectation that that is exactly what is going to happen. Their faith levels are not uh, questioned like we question our own as adults. And I do believe a generation is rising who will just believe and do the works. And actually, I believe that my children um, who are teenagers and my grandchildren, not yet born, are going to turn to me in the years ahead and say to me, Emma, Granny, whatever they call me when that time comes, they're going to say to me, how did you cope in a church that was so dull? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's our reality, because the church of their generation is going to be so power-fueled that it will make our generation look tame. Awesome. I love it. That's what's been going on in my own church. The, there's like been a stripping of the old and God's bringing in the new. And I see that happening everywhere. And Emma, you talk about how we need to perceive versus receive. What does that mean? Oh, vitally important. Great question. Yes, I think we, we tend to come to the revelatory gifts with some sense Old Testament mindset. 
And that looks like this. Oh, my goodness, where are you, God? Are you going to give me a word at all? You know, and you're running around in desperation. Your antennae is up. You know, where's the word? Where's the word? When's it going to land on me? And, of course, in the Old Testament, it did happen like that. How do we know that? Because the Spirit of God was not indwelling. And so prophecy was an event. It was released from heaven, and it landed on the prophet's antennae or satellite dish, and they received the word, and the word receive is important. Well, you need to scrap that when you come to the new covenant, because in the new covenant, the Spirit of God is indwelling. And Corinthians tells us that. It says that he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. That is mind-blowing. Your spirit and the spirit of God are one at the point of salvation. So I am never running around in some panicked, stressed way. God, give me a word. All I do is I perceive what is already in me by the indwelling spirit. I do not receive i perceive what is in me and so very often in activations and the listeners can do this now if they track along with us i get people to close their eyes and give themselves what i call a holy spirit mri scan and you scan your own body in the spirit and you start to see your spirit and the spirit of god fused that is a good thing And you start to see the colors and the shapes and the way your internal world is every day. That Because you are united with Christ, you are one with him in spirit. And that is your internal, normal reality. So say I'm walking into a difficult place or I'm walking into the school playground to pick my children up from school. I will just go, I'm one with him in spirit. I can hear the voice of God. I can hear immediately. I can perceive what is already in me. And then it's like a little bit of a pep talk. And I can go without panic or stress, knowing I've got the goods within me to bring the word of the Lord. That is wonderful. And it sounds to me, Emma, like you have learned, even as a seasoned prophetess now, you still, you practice what you preach, and you continually are speaking to the Lord within your spirit about what's going on in you and, and around you. Yes, I think it's the sense of the need to keep short accounts. Um, and I have to say, when you come to this whole realm of the prophetic, initially you have to practice, which we talked about. I have to tell you, that can sometimes feel quite awkward. But the more you practice, it becomes instinctive. And then it becomes compulsive. And then it becomes who you are. And actually, the last voice you hear before you go to bed at night is is the voice of God. The first voice you hear in the morning is the voice of God. And you train yourself into that place so that in a moment's notice, you are ready to go. So let me give you another story. Please do. No, we love stories. My husband and I and the three children um, were in a a, a Mediterranean island on on our vacation, our our holiday. 
And we're just there resting one night. It was about two in the morning. It was very late. Everybody's asleep. And I hear this scream. And it's, it's, it's a domestic violence situation a couple of doors down. And the, the woman is screaming, you're hurting me, you're hurting me, you're going to kill me. So I leap out of bed and I wake my husband uh, up and I say to him, David, you're going to have to look after the children. I'm going to be a solution. And I hurtle down the street at top speed, hammer on their door, and this voice inside shouts to me, who is it? Is it the police? And I, I haven't even thought about what we, what I would say when I got there. And I said, no, 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 it's not the police. Who are you? I have a split second to hear the voice of God, to get that door opened. I do not have time to go and work myself up into some Holy Spirit goosebump. I do not have time, you know, for prayer and fasting. I need to be so practiced that I know how to unlock that door. And what comes out of my mouth is, I'm a Christian minister. Well, I never say that because I usually tell people I'm a prophet. So for me to say I'm a Christian minister was really something quite unusual. So I'm a Christian minister. And the door flies open. The woman falls into my arms. And she says, I've been praying for a Christian minister to knock on my door for 20 years. She says, I gave my life to Jesus at a Billy Graham crusade in Britain, moved to this island. And she says, I wanted to give my life back to Jesus, and I did not know how. She says, can you come in and lead me back to Jesus? So I go into the house. Her teenage boy was beating his mom up and his little sister up, the three of them in the house. I make sure that they're all safe and well. And I lead the mum back to Jesus with her children watching. And the little girl, who was very young, started to demonically manifest. Because I think the power of God was so strong that her demons were just like, didn't know what to do. So I had to stop the salvation. When do you ever say, stop the salvation prayer? Right. We did, you know, we delivered the little girl got her um, totally set free um, back into the arms of Jesus. Mum comes back into the arms of Jesus. The teenage boy who'd been causing all the problems walks towards me, and I'd not really interacted with him at that point, and he just says this completely spontaneously. He says, I have anger in my heart like broken glass. Mm. Do you think your God can get rid of it? Mm. Wow. And this violent, aggressive teenager literally collapsed in my arms under the power of God and got radically saved, healed, and delivered. Now, as I have to say, there is a funny bit to this. As I'm holding the teenage boy, I think, oh, what am I wearing? And I had hurtled down the street in pajamas. <laughs> but the point, the point of all of that is um, that... It's that moment where you practice so much and you steward that lifestyle that you are so ready in an instant, even if it is three o'clock in the morning, you know what to say that will change whole families' futures. It is worth the discipline and the awkwardness of practice 
to get to that point where you are a useful solution to God. So those who are listening, now you know that God can use you at 3 in the morning in your pajamas on vacation. He can use you anywhere. Emma, tell us about your brand new book, The Prophetic Warrior. Oh, yes. Oh, this is a joy. It's been, I think, about 10 years in the making, probably longer, The Prophetic Warrior. And really, it's called that because of this Celtic desire Uh, for liberation and freedom, that I think we are instinctively here in Ireland and Scotland, those who love the battle and love the breakthrough. And so as you read it, you will receive such an impartation of courage and strengthening and boldness. You will start to have, um, I call it demonic earwax, come out of your ears Because just, I believe, it's not just about reading words. It's about receiving impartation. It's about receiving truth um, as we pray, as I prayed, as I wrote it. And actually, you'll hear in a crystal clear way, like some of you have not for years. And you will feel, I believe, many of you for the first time, oh, I am a prophetic voice. Oh, I can do this. Oh, I have found my tribe. Oh, I belong to the company of people who steward revelation as a lifestyle. So, Emma, you in your brand new CD set as well talk about hearing God's voice and uh, how to train your children to see and hear. Uh, talk about in your own life how you have trained your children to see in the Spirit. Oh, we had so much fun with this, yes. So, when they were tiny, tiny tots, I would use one exercise repetitively, and it was, where is Jesus in the room? I wanted them, beyond anything, to see the face of Jesus. I wanted them to know what it was to stand before the eyes of fire. Knowing that in the prophetic realm, sometimes you see yucky things, but if your focus is predominantly Jesus, you're okay. And so they would say some funny things to me. They would say, Mommy, Mommy, Jesus is wearing pajamas. And I would say, oh, boys, you're challenging my theology here because Jesus doesn't slumber or sleep. And they would say, oh, no, Mommy, Jesus has just put pajamas on because he's getting into bed to give me a cuddle before I go to sleep tonight. And I'd go, that's great. Jesus can wear pajamas all he wants. Or then Jesus would turn up with them, like military clothes on, and they would know that Jesus was fighting for something, or Jesus would turn up with fishermen's clothes on because Jesus was going to save some of their friends. It was so relentless every day that it developed in them strong sight and revelatory gifts. It became normal to the point where my daughter, she would have been maybe nine at the time, she came to me, Mommy, she says, I want to give you a massage. I said, Jessica, you don't know how to massage. She says, Jesus taught me. I said, how did Jesus teach you how to massage? She said, Mommy, I heard you preach a sermon on Hebrews 6 on the basic doctrine of laying on of hands. She says, so I asked Jesus, how could I lay hands on my friends and release an impartation so they would all get saved? And Jesus said, during the lunch break in school, Line your friends up threes on the AstroTurf pitch and look in the spirit realm. See where I'm putting my hands. You put your hands where my hands are. 
And Jesus taught Jessica to massage by looking in the spirit realm. And she would just rub their shoulders like a little child would very innocently and just pray in tongues quietly over them as she was doing it and just lingering, kind of laying on hands in prayer. Do you know every single one of her friends got saved? Oh, come on. That's awesome. And, and, and just that, ch- that childlike, you know, training. So now my children say to me, because they're teenagers now, they say to me, because the sight doesn't switch off when you're that practiced in it. Where is Jesus in the room? They say to me, Mommy, sometimes my guardian angel is the only person who laughs at my jokes. <laughs> because it's so normal to them. And, of course, we need to cite these things biblically. What does Jesus say? He says, I only do what I see the Father do. And that strong training from Jesus that he's looking in the spirit realm to see what his Father is doing all of the time. And I tell you that one exercise will change your children's lives. Now, Emma, before we pray together and you pray for the people that are listening to this, talk about how important praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit is in in hearing God's voice and and being led by the Spirit and just walking uh, daily with the Lord. Yes, I have to say it is a very dominant part of our culture here at Glasgow Prophetic Center, and, and our staff would be praying for hours a day, some of them in we pray um, uh, have a weekly time uh, where everybody just prays in tongues for three hours. I feel like the more you pray in tongues, the more you have the language of heaven on your lips. And actually, the easier it is to steward revelation because you're already talking the language of heaven. I think as well, because of what the book of Jude says, that you build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit, there is a, a sense scripturally that you get really strong emotionally and physically when you pray in tongues. And tongues is one of those great, I think, underused weapons to um, strengthen you. And so we, w- we would have done fairly um, a straightforward kind of tests. If we got sick and we didn't pray in tongues, what would happen? Versus if we got sick and we did pray in tongues, And we have learned that it so strengthens you because that's what the Word of God says. It builds you up that actually we can hurdle things like the common cold or other sickness much faster by praying in the Spirit. It's such a direct uh, connection to the release of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so most of my staff, we have this kind of rule that you jump out of bed in the morning, you're in the shower, in the bathroom, and you are praying in tongues as a minimum entry criteria to begin your day. Emma, would you release a prayer, a blessing on everybody that's listening, whatever's on your heart? Oh, I would be delighted to. So right now, as you're listening, I wonder if you can just hold your hands open before God, just gently and quietly where you are, because I want you to take in your physical body just a posture of surrender. And I bless you as you sit in a posture of surrender. I bless all your senses to be super sensitized to the Spirit of God right now, that you would hear, see, smell, taste, and touch the fullness 
of the ocean of revelation that God has for you. And right now, with my prayers at your back, in the name of Jesus, I push you off the diving board into the deep places of revelation, and I shift you, in Jesus' name, out of the shallow waters that you currently sit in. And I speak over you as a prophet in the nations that you are now going to be established in deep revelation, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Emma Stark, all the way from Scotland. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special resource. Emma Stark wants to mentor you in taking your authority and releasing on earth what God is saying in her brand new book, The Prophetic Warrior, an exclusive two CD set, Hearing and Seeing God. This is a master class for receiving divine guidance. You will learn how to flow with revelation, miracles, signs, wonders like never before. How to receive new thoughts, plans, ideas, creativity, fresh anointings. And believe it or not, according to the Bible, everyone can prophesy. Everyone can operate in words of knowledge. And Emma has the faith to get you to be normal. That's normal according to the Bible. Also, in her exclusive bonus CD, Teaching Children to Receive Divine Guidance, you will learn how to teach your children to see in the Spirit and hear God's voice. This isn't just theory with Emma. She operates that way. You should see her children. She wants you to understand that you can operate that way no matter what your age, no matter what you've told yourself. It's a new day. It's a new beginning because the anointing on her will break the yoke of bondage of religion that has stopped you from operating in your breakthrough. And there's a ceiling literally on you, but that anointing will destroy the yoke. Call now for Emma's brand new book, The Prophetic Warrior, exclusive to CD set, Hearing and Seeing God, a master class for receiving divine guidance, an exclusive bonus CD, teaching children to receive divine guidance for an investment of 29 U.S. dollars. Emma Stark's brand new book, The Prophetic Warrior, exclusive to CD set, Hearing and Seeing God, a master class for receiving divine guidance, an exclusive bonus CD called Teaching Children to Receive Divine Guidance. Offer number 9686 for an investment of 29 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. 2697 or go to our website at sidroth.org that's s-i-d-r-o-t-h.org be sure to ask for offer number 9686 once again that's offer number 9686